What's going on, everyone? How joyous is everyone this afternoon, huh? So joyous. Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show. It is Monday. It's November 6th. And this is the complete opposite of a victory Monday. This is actually an everybody loses Monday. The Dolphins, as all of us know, came up short in Germany, 21-14 the final. They lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the main story this hour. The Miami Hurricanes football team, they didn't even score an offensive touchdown. They lost to NC State 20-6. The good news is I just saved a bunch of money on my car insurance. Okay, I'm kidding. I, I really didn't. The good news for at least me, I'll be selfish. The good news is right now I am coming to you from Vegas, Vegas, baby, Vegas. That's right. I am here in Las Vegas, as some people consider, and I'm one of them, the best town in the United States of America. I've been having a great time here in Vegas. I've been with friends, not the same type of friends that I have in Medellin. Different friends. See, those kind of friends here are... Well, I'm I'm not going to get into into all that, but yesterday I was in the sports book and I set a personal record because I went to the sports book at Win Las Vegas. I got there at six in the morning, six a.m. local time because the Dolphins game started at six thirty. So I get to the sports book at six a.m. and I did not leave until eleven hours later I wanted to get there at six with a couple of buddies of mine to make sure that we had seats for the Chiefs and Dolphins game now why didn't I go to the Chiefs and Dolphins game well a couple of buddies and I said months ago this was probably like seven or eight months ago they're Giants fans And I used to work for the Raiders, so I still root for the Raiders. And they talk trash and all that. So we decided when the Giants play the Raiders in Vegas, we're going. I saw the schedule come out, and I said, oh, my gosh. This is going to be the same weekend as the Dolphins and Chiefs in Germany. I've already committed to my friends. We're we're doing this. We're going to Vegas In the end, my friends went to the game, and I didn't even go to the game. Some of my other friends here, we just went to the sports book and sat there for 11 hours because the way the season's played out, who wants to go spend money on the Raiders and Giants? So I sat at the sports book for 11 hours yesterday, and I loved every single second of it. We bet on some of the games. We wagered on some horse races. And we had a great time for 11 hours at the sports book. And then at night, if you saw my posts from earlier on my Instagram, went to a steakhouse off the strip, the Golden Steer. I was here in June for the Stanley Cup final. And I went there for the first time. People had always told me about it. 
and what a meal. Oh, my gosh. I, I came in last night to the room. I was so stuffed. But in any event, I'm glad to be here in Vegas. It was really cool being at the Sportsbook for 11 hours uh, yesterday watching all the games. And while I was there, I was thinking to myself, am I ever going to sit for 11 hours or even eight hours in the Sportsbook when it's erected in uh, Hollywood at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino right there in Hollywood? Will I do that? And I think I may. And it may even be 11 hours because of the night game. So it, it, it's going to be tremendous when that all starts, and it will be December 7th. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be at the Hard Rock tomorrow for my poker tournament, the Slater Scoops poker tournament. I hope to see you there. I am flying tomorrow. You're not going to hear me on the airwaves tomorrow. I got to take the day off for travel and also Wednesday, but you got me today and then Thursday and Friday. I am traveling from Vegas to MIA uh, tomorrow, and then I'm getting off the plane and heading on over to Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood for my poker tournament. And I'll give you more information on that if you don't know about it already. I'll do that in a little bit. To some of you, I, I may sound a little tired. I'm not really tired. It's just the, the sleep schedule, the timing, the time change. One hour, uh, the, the clock goes back, which really saved me for yesterday morning. I needed that a big time, and probably some of you too, because in Miami it was 9.30, but really 10.30. At least it felt like 10.30. Uh, where the game started. Uh, for me, I needed that hour because here in Vegas, the game started at 6.30 in the morning. But I'm going to get back on schedule. I'll be with you uh, this hour. I'll be with you Thursday. I'll be with you Friday. And if the Dolphins had won yesterday and the Canes had won Saturday, the, the mood would be a lot different. Not only for me, but for all of you. I'm going to talk plenty about the Dolphins here. There's a few other things, though, that we have going on South Florida sports-wise. I don't want to just throw them away like they're not going on at all. The Miami Heat, they got a home game tonight. Maybe some of you are going to get over that Dolphins loss by going to the Heat game, having a little excitement. LeBron James and the Lakers in town this evening. That is the Lakers' one and only trip to South Florida this season. The Florida Panthers, they are hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. And also, the Miami Hurricanes basketball team, they're at home tonight, opening up their season. They host NJIT. That would be... Oh, wait a second, so you could tell somebody in your car just so you can be smart. Yes, you knew exactly what that was. The New Jersey Institute of Technology. So I'm thinking the University of Miami basketball team, which is probably better than the football team, will be able to take down the New Jersey Institute of Technology. But I know all of you need something else answered. Forget about the Canes basketball team right now. Forget about the Miami Heat right now. Forget about the Canes football team right now. Forget about the Florida Panthers right now. Forget about the Marlins' new hire as director of baseball operations. 
at least the guy knows how to work with no money. So, I mean, he's got experience with that in Tampa. Forget all that. Can the Miami Dolphins beat a good football team? We need answers. Dolphins fans, they want answers. I've got a few answers for you. I've got questions. I've got answers. I got a lot. I got tons of notes. It's three hours earlier here in Vegas right now. I spent 11 hours at the sportsbook yesterday. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's a bad thing. It's just that I'm so used to a victory Monday here on the show. And then the Dolphins play a good football team. And then I don't come on here and get to have a victory Monday with all of you. And I can't even hit the button. It just doesn't work. It doesn't even allow me. Like, it does. see, nothing... I could hit it. It doesn't play. Because these machines here, everything that I use, it, it knows the Miami Dolphins didn't win. So I can't even I can't even play that sound to make it at least somewhat similar to a victory Monday. Instead, it's an everybody loses Monday. I have a lot of things to get to Miami Dolphins wise. I do want to bring up the Canes football team a little bit later on this hour, but right now I can't say anything more until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. Here on this show, I give you my opinion. I don't give you other people's opinions. I don't tell you what people say on television Oh, this commentator said that, and let's spend 20 minutes talking about what this person said. I'm going to tell you something that is not an opinion. I'm going to tell you something that is a fact right now about the Miami Dolphins. They cannot beat good football teams. What else do you want me to say? I mean, I know i got a lot of time here on the airwaves, but that's just the reality of 2023 for them, at least so far. It doesn't mean that they'll never beat a good football team. It just means as of this moment, through nine games, the Miami Dolphins cannot beat a good football team. I know you've heard that. You've heard it in many places. It's true. It's not an opinion. It's validated. It's been proven. The Dolphins have three losses on the season. At Buffalo, a very good team. At Philadelphia, a very good team. And in Germany, against the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions. You look at the way the Dolphins' schedule is set up. So they have a bye week. Then they're at home against the Raiders, a team with a losing record. They're at the Jets, a team who's meh because of their quarterback issues. They've got the Commanders on the road. They're not very good. Then the Dolphins have the Titans at Hard Rock Stadium. The Dolphins should be favored in that one. Then they've got the Jets at home. And again, the Dolphins will be favored in that one. 
And then to close out the season, the Dolphins are home against the Cowboys, at Baltimore, home against the Bills. Those last three games for the Dolphins this season are very clearly legit games against very good football teams. The thing is, the Cowboys game, the first of those three, it's not until December 24th. That means from right now until Christmas, the Miami Dolphins and all of their fans will hear over and over and over again that they cannot beat good football teams. And that's despite the fact that by the time the Dolphins get to that Cowboys game on Christmas Eve, this team could have double-digit wins. That's not out of the realm of possibilities. The Dolphins could very well have double-digit wins, and everybody will say, factually, this squad cannot beat good football teams. Look, the Dolphins have six wins. They have lots of opponents ahead. It would be a shock if this was not a playoff team. They are going to be a playoff team. If they're not, I would be shocked. So the loss of the Chiefs, now that gives Kansas City the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Dolphins, and it gives them a one-game lead. That's why I've been saying for the last six or seven days, this game against the Chiefs, not only, okay, do you want to beat a good football team, you want to make that statement, hey, we can beat good teams, but it was so big down the road come playoff time. Now, for the Dolphins to have home field advantage, if they were to take on the Chiefs, it would be very difficult. It could happen, of course. I mean, the Chiefs don't look like world beaters all of a sudden, and I'll get into that more in a little bit. It could happen, but this game... It would have been a monumental win for Miami. That Philly game on Sunday Night Football, it was more of a statement game. It's against an NFC team. It's it's just different. They had a statement opportunity there. They didn't win that. And now you take on Kansas City where the game doesn't even have to be played at Arrowhead. You're at a stadium, a neutral site. You're overseas. And this was a major opportunity for this team to have a much easier path to the Super Bowl. Normally, again, I I would play something for Dolphins and Super Bowl, but when I go to hit it, it, here we go again. It nothing. There's just no excitement today when it comes to the Dolphins. Again, I'm here in Vegas doing this show right now. Vegas is always exciting. If the Dolphins want to come here to Vegas in February to play in a football game, now most likely if the Chiefs are alive, the Dolphins would have to go through Arrowhead. And I say most likely mainly because of that tiebreaker. I was definitely not blown away by the Chiefs. I understand they built a 21-0 lead, but on a day where Travis Kelsey was essentially a non-factor, which is very surprising against the Dolphins, but on a day where he's a non-factor, 
the rest of their playmakers, sure, they're they're good, but do you see this Chiefs team at the same level as we're used to seeing them? Because I don't. Now, to Kansas City's credit, their defense is much better than it had been. Steve Spagnolo's calling a, a good game there, and Kansas City was definitely not intimidated or baffled by the Dolphins' movement offensively, all the pre-snap stuff. So while maybe the Chiefs' offense is not as good as what we're used to, their defense is better than what we're used to. If the Dolphins are going to hang with any good football team, which is what Sundays are all about, you can't spot them three touchdowns. I know the Dolphins made it a game. They showed resolve and fight in the second half. But you cannot spot the defending Super Bowl champions 21 points and expect to win. It just can't be done. Patrick Mahomes came out. The Dolphins give the Chiefs the ball after winning the coin toss. I understand the thinking behind that. You want to get the ball in the second half, but saying, okay, Patrick, here you go. Here's the ball to start off the game. That's usually not a good idea. And as we saw, the Chiefs just went right downfield. And then the next thing you know, you're down 7 nothing. That opening drive, the Chiefs, they had it their way. It was like a dissection of the Dolphins' defense. And you're watching it, I'm watching it, and we're all thinking, oh boy, this is going to be one of those games where the Chiefs put up a 50-burger. That drive, I was impressed by that Chiefs' offense. I'm thinking there, I'm sitting in the sports book, and I'm like, what is Vic Fangio going to do? This is the plan? Like, where's the resistance from Miami? But the Miami Dolphins defense gets a lot of credit. The defense was able to settle down big time. Yeah, Kansas City took a 14-0 lead, but there was pretty much nothing from them after that. It was all the Dolphins' D doing the job. The play that turned the game, no surprise, it involved Tyreek Hill. However, it wasn't the way we're used to having Tyreek impact the ball game. The Dolphins were down 14-0, heading towards the end of the first half. Miami's driving. They have a few timeouts, and the Dolphins, we know they're going to get the ball first in the second half because I was just talking about the coin toss. So the thought is two for one. You get a score in the first half. You get the ball back. And then you score again. Suddenly you got a game. A simple play that the Dolphins have run a million times this year where Tua throws the ball to the side. Tyreek's got some space. And it works. But instead of making someone miss or doing Tyreek things, the Chiefs D was right on him. He gets stripped. Casey picks it up. There's a lateral where he tosses it behind him. 59-yard return for a touchdown. You talk about a huge shift in momentum. It's very hard to overcome a shift like that, at least usually. So at the half, it's 21-0 Chiefs. Miami's offense wasn't doing anything. The defense had settled, but they'd already given up two TDs. The character of this team, though, which I think does say a lot about them, 
at least moving forward, the character, it showed again in the third quarter. Because the Dolphins could have gone in the tank. They're down big. You're going up against a two-time Super Bowl champion, a great quarterback. He's ready to make your life miserable. The Dolphins could have folded. Instead, what happened was they fought. Tua had a nice TD to Cedric Wilson, and it's 21-7. Then the defense comes up with a huge play. Bradley Chubb, he strips Patrick Mahomes. One of those plays where Mahomes is trying to buy time. He's running around. He's doing Mahomes things. Zach Sealer recovers, and Miami was in business. And then after a dumb penalty by the Chiefs to keep the drive alive, Tua gives it to Raheem Mostert. And whatever McDaniel's plan was for Mostert and the running backs, I'm not quite sure what that was all about. But we saw Raheem. We saw a little Savon Ahmed. We saw Jeff Wilson Jr. Either way, Mostert at that time, he finds his way into the end zone, a 13-yard touchdown. The next thing you know, it's 21-14. The Miami Dolphins have a chance. Patrick Mahomes, he gets the ball, and Bradley Chubb, again, in there causing problems. This defense gave the Dolphins' offense a chance to win this football game. And I promise you, if you gave Mike McDaniel a choice, 100% of the time he would sign up for this. If you're going to play the Chiefs and your defense is only going to give up two touchdowns, Would you take it? You better believe it. 100% of the time. So in the end, the Miami Dolphins defense, they did their job. So who didn't? Who didn't do their job? I want to get into that discussion and much more on the Dolphins, and I'll do that in just a moment. I want you guys to join me tomorrow night in the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. It is my poker tournament that goes on every single month. The Slater Scoops Poker Tournament with $20,000 now guaranteed in the prize pool. We made it to more than $30,000 last month. I hope to do it again tomorrow night. Cards are in the air at 6 p.m. tomorrow night. You could register until 9.30 p.m. So if you're in traffic, you got plenty of time to get there you get out of work late not a problem you can get into the tournament at 9 30 p.m the latest 250 bucks buys you in you'll start with 40,000 in chips and there's $20,000 minimum that'll be in the prize pool I won't be on the air tomorrow I'm traveling back to South Florida and then I'm headed straight to the Hard Rock and I hope to see you there 6 p.m tomorrow night 20 grand guaranteed in the prize pool for the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament tomorrow night at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Who was it that did not do their job yesterday? That last drive, my gosh, the Dolphins, the sports book that I'm in here in Vegas, people are going crazy. The Dolphins have an opportunity. And let me tell you something. There were way more Dolphins fans at the sportsbook here at Win Las Vegas than there were Chiefs fans. I thought it was going to be loaded with people from Kansas City. It was loaded 
with Dolphins fans. And they weren't just people betting on the Dolphins. They were wearing Dolphins gear. So there were a lot of Dolphins fans here in Vegas. So you go into that final drive. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, it was worth getting up so early for. The way this started, you thought, I'm going to be able to go back to sleep pretty soon. Then you give the Dolphins some time. You hope. You see the beginning of the second half. Okay, maybe we'll have a game here. Then it's a seven-point game, and then that final drive is coming. You're like, we are alive. Suddenly, Raheem Mostert is doing some work. He had two big runs. The Dolphins are in business. And then the Dolphins decide to pass. And that's when the trouble came. They were running with Raheem. In the end, it was fantastic. Then they stopped doing that. Third and 10 like last chance saloon for Miami. Tua had Wilson, and for some reason there was a miscommunication of some sort. Maybe Wilson doesn't turn around. He doesn't come back like he's supposed to. Maybe Tua's not supposed to throw it there. He's supposed to throw it deep. Anyhow, the ball went short. Wilson went long. By the looks of it, the Dolphins would have had a touchdown. If those two connect, it's a TD. At least that's the way it looked. Instead, they don't connect, and it sets up fourth and ten. And on that fourth and ten play, the snap, I mean, this is a little thing, isn't it? It's a little thing that becomes a big thing. When it goes wrong, it becomes a big thing. And all year, the Dolphins have had a banged-up O-line. They've had issues at center. They've had snapping problems. They did get Connor Williams back yesterday, and he's a really good player. But on 4th and 10, for whatever reason, if you want to say it was a bad snap, okay. If you want to say Tua wasn't ready for it, okay. If you want to say it was just both, either way, they didn't execute the snap. Whoever you want to blame it on, they did not execute the snap. It was a fumble, and the game is over. That was it. Everybody starts heading out of the sports book. You guys turn off your TV and maybe you went back to bed. Here's the lessons that I got from this game. And I think they're very clear. Number one, the little things are the big things. All year, the Dolphins have had issues getting that ball snapped properly. And in the biggest game to date, it comes to bite them in the butt. You cannot have that. You cannot also have empty halves. You can't have empty quarters. You cannot have long stretches against the best teams where you are not playing well. And unfortunately, this has been a pattern. In the three losses the Dolphins have, there have been long stretches of the game where they were just not good at all. It happened in the Eagles game. It happened in the majority of the Bills game. And it definitely happened in the first half of this Chiefs game yesterday. For the Miami Dolphins to win big games, for them to beat good teams, 
for them to reach the goal that every single Dolphins fan wants them to reach, not only win a playoff game, but go deep. You want to play deep into January. You want to be playing in February. If you want this team to do that, if they want to do that, they cannot have an empty quarter and especially an empty half. We know the Dolphins have talent. We know the possibility that's there. The problem has been against the best. They have not brought what their best is, at least consistently throughout the whole game. We've seen it in the games, but it's got to be for the whole game. The reason the Dolphins are not able to play with these really good teams, they're not able to win They're not able to play with them for the entire 60 minutes. It's because they have lapses. They have offensive lapses. They have defensive lapses. They have coaching lapses. They have penalty lapses. They have fundamental lapses. To go where they want to go and to go where you want them to go, you've got to play the entire game. This game in Germany, it was about clearing the road to make it much easier for Miami. You get a win over Kansas City, you put yourselves in a much better playoff position. But the Dolphins couldn't do it. Now Miami needs to spend the next long stretch of their schedule tightening up their game. And not by a little, but by a lot. They need to tighten up their game where they can go up against a really good football team where you're going to play KC for four quarters, not just two. You're going to go up against the Buffalo Bills for all four. You're going to take care of biz against Baltimore. You've got to have the best version of yourself for 60 minutes. I'm glad the Dolphins didn't quit yesterday. The game wasn't totally lopsided. But when you spot Patrick Mahomes and the defending Super Bowl champs, 21 points, you spot him three TDs, yeah, you battle back, but it's just not going to be enough. Will the Miami Dolphins be able to beat a good football team this season? We are not going to find out until the final three weeks of the regular season. Like I said, The Cowboys, the Ravens, the Bills. Before then, they're not playing any good football teams. They got to take care of business. They got to pile up W's. But until Christmas Eve, the same question will be asked. And the answer, it's also going to be the same. Speaking of the same, how about some same greatness? The gorgeous that you will see at Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, every single night and early morning. You could be surrounded by the most beautiful women in all of South Florida who come from all over the world. That is why Dean's Gold is the ultimate gentleman's club. 
beautiful women who represent countries from all over the world. You want to watch the football game tonight at Dean's Gold? They got tons of televisions. You will be entertained during every timeout, and you can even have your own halftime show. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is open seven days a week from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 in the morning. Dean's Gold is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard that's in North Miami Beach. Surround yourself with beautiful ladies who come from all over the world. There is only one building in South Florida you could do that. It is the ultimate gentleman's club, Dean's Gold. Before I get into another losing football team from the weekend, the University of Miami, yeah, those hurricanes, I thought of something. Not that I came up with something like genius here. I just thought of something during that final drive for the Dolphins. I'm sitting there in the sports book. I'm talking to my buddies next to me. I'm like, you know what? And we'll never know what would have happened, but if the Dolphins scored on that last drive, I wonder if they would have gone for two. Just go for the win, run off the field, and get out of there and back on the plane. Or would they have kicked the extra point and gone to overtime? I I was just, I was wondering that. Because Mike McDaniel, we know he likes to, I don't want to say play around, But Mike McDaniel has so many options in his head. He's always getting cute, sometimes a little bit too cute, especially with short yardage situations, and that definitely would have been a short yardage situation if they got in. I I really shouldn't even talk more about this because they didn't get in the end zone, and this never came up. So it's just something that it went through my head. I wish the Dolphins would have got in so we could have seen what was going to happen. It's unfortunate that it had to come down to that last drive, though. Tyreek, he was obviously the center of the Chiefs' game plan. And there's a ton of emotion. You're taking on your former team. But if the Dolphins are going to win games, big games, if they're going to get special victories over really special teams – you're going to need more from your star players. Even Tyreek. I mean, Tyreek's been amazing this year. But in that big game yesterday, I know a lot of us thought, hey, you're taking on your old team. You're going to go off. But the Chiefs had a game plan, and and it stopped them. Stars have got to be stars in big-time games. And while Tyreek is on a record pace... Yesterday, he was just okay. 82 yards is more than okay for most players. But Tyreek Hill is not most players. This is Tyreek Hill. And we just expect more than 82 yards out of him. He wasn't the only one that wasn't doing what we're used to seeing him do. Again, Mostert. That last drive, he was great, and then Mike McDaniel just decides, okay, we're not going to run anymore. We'll go back to throwing the football. And speaking of throwing the football, I'll get to my University of Miami conversation. 
It's just a couple of moments. The conversation you may be having right now with a family member, maybe even yourself, how am I going to reach my goal in life financially? Well, let me tell you, the first thing you should do is call Trajan Wealth or go to TrajanWealth.com because the people who work at Trajan Wealth, they know what they're doing. They're there to help you. That's what they want to do. They want you to achieve your life goals financially. Maybe your life goal is, hey, I want to retire early. You talk to Trajan Wealth, they will do everything they possibly can for you to reach whatever your objective is. It will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth, and they're located locally in Palm Beach. Let Trajan Wealth help you design that plan based around your goals. Visit their site, TrajanWealth.com, or call them. 561-390-1000. That's 561-390-1000. Let Trajan Wealth start to help you right now. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. I hope to see so many of you tomorrow night for my poker tournament at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Cards in the air at 6. You could register until 9.30 p.m. $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool, and it's only 250 bucks to buy in. I will not be on the air tomorrow uh, because I'm traveling back to South Florida, and then I'm headed straight from MIA to the Hard Rock to go win my own poker tournament. Maybe you'll come in second place, but second place is going to pay a lot of money. And if you do happen to get lucky and knock me out, I'm going to send you two tickets to go see the Florida Panthers in action. And those seats are on the glass, first row on the glass, courtesy of the Workers' Comp Legal Center. So I hope to see you in the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. That is tomorrow night at 6 p.m. And again, you can get there by 9.30 p.m. in the poker room and still be in my poker tournament. Now, I will be at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. The University of Miami, they're playing their home games at Hard Rock Stadium. Their last game Saturday was on the road. Their next game this Saturday on the road, and almost certainly going to be another L. Why? Why did they just lose at NC State? Why are they most likely going to lose to Florida State? Well, I don't think the University of Miami is making good decisions. I think this is all on Mario Cristobal. Tyler Van Dyke's performances, I wouldn't even put him on TVD anymore. Look, Tyler Van Dyke has been terrible. But why in the world are the Canes continuing to run him out there? He had three interceptions and no touchdowns against NC State. The team had no touchdowns. Clearly, Tyler Van Dyke does not have the trust of the coaching staff because at the end of the first half, Miami was down. They had a chance to run some hurry-up offense and go for a score, but Mario doesn't trust them. So instead, they went very conservative. It's almost like the offensive game plan is meant 
to work around him and not through him. The Canes have a really good running game. They've got several talented running backs. Mark Fletcher is really good, especially for a freshman. The offensive line is better, but Miami cannot be one-dimensional. They have a decent receiving core, at least receivers who are good enough that they're worthy of having the football thrown their way from time to time. But instead, it was like the game where Mario started Emery Williams. He puts him out there and doesn't let him throw. I I just don't understand what's happening with the University of Miami. If Tyler Van Dyke is not good enough to be trusted with this offense, if he isn't good enough to have the normal passing game called, then what are we doing here? Seriously, why keep putting Tyler Van Dyke out there? Your quarterback cannot be a liability. And on top of that, it's now FSU week. The Canes go to Tallahassee on Saturday to face the 9-0 Florida State Seminoles who are ranked in the top five. They've already clinched a berth in the ACC title game. They're one of the best teams in the nation. Jordan Travis is in complete command of that offense. And their defense is good. And the Canes, they, they don't trust their starting quarterback. Not even a little bit. Not against NC State. So what's going to happen 3.30 p.m. Saturday in Tallahassee with the eyes of the country on that game? The Canes do have at least a good defense. They've got some studs on D. Bain, Kitchens, Taylor, Williams. We're talking about guys who could be first-round picks. But Tyler Van Dyke and the coaching staff's lack of doing anything about it where they'll just keep running him out there and run plays around him and not through him. It's ridiculous because this defense, they're good enough to win. The offense is not, at least the passing game. So now the Canes sit at six and three overall, three losses in the ACC. In terms of what are they playing for, I would say Saturday's game against the Knowles is essentially it somehow you you get a win in Tallahassee and everything feels better about the season but who are we kidding it's very unlikely the Canes are a big dog we'll see how it plays out but in terms of motivation despite the bad loss on Saturday at NC State you're taking on FSU it's a big time rivalry and I would assume you can get hyped up for that game. It should be a big week in Coral Gables, and I'll be watching Saturday. I think a lot of us will be, regardless of how UM has looked. All right, that's all the time I've got for this Monday afternoon. I'm traveling tomorrow. I'll see you at my poker tournament at the Hard Rock. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.